Joy Reid goes off on missing white woman syndrome, Haitians flood the Del Rio border in Texas, and Project Veritas exposes an FDA official. I'm William Hall and this is The William Hall Show. Many of you have probably heard about the Gabby Petito case. Uh, it was a, first of all, just a woman that was missing initially, and then turned out that there was a body that was found. And then obviously that was, uh, she was dead. They deemed it as a homicide. Pretty much the entire situation of this was involving her and a boyfriend. They were on this long, I guess, van ride. They were documenting this entire trip across the country. And whatever happened, basically, was some type of altercation between her, uh, the first police report I believe that they had was where she had apparently hit him and he had scratches on his face. And then afterwards, somebody had to call the police saying that he was hitting her. The point of all of this is that typically I don't get into many of these stories like this. They obviously deem this as a homicide. The boyfriend's missing now, but I don't usually get into stories like this. And the main reason why is because people go missing all the time. This happens daily. Uh, there's, I, I believe, usually around 40 people that go missing or are dead or found dead every single day in the United States. And yet, most of it does not get any media coverage at all. So it's always tragic, of course. It's not to make light of the situation at all. But it is a situation where we need to ask ourselves exactly what's going on here. Now, with this story, what really makes this into a story that I'm covering right now is not so much what took place with the case itself, but really how Democrats specifically are responding to this. Obviously, they're turning this into a race issue. I mean, this is not surprising to anybody that knows how Democrats operate, but that's what they're doing right now. So Joy Reid, she has a show, her own show on MSNBC. So remember that she has her own show. Okay. <laughs> All right. So she has her own show there. And she decided that she was going to take this opportunity to basically say that this is all because of racism. That's why this woman is being propped up in the mainstream media right now as, as this big national story. Here's a little bit of her talking about that. If you've been watching the news for the past few days or on Twitter or, or TikTok, you're probably familiar with the name Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old aspiring social media influencer who was reported missing after her fiancé returned from their van life excursion without her. On Sunday, human remains believed to be potatoes were found in a national park in Wyoming. An autopsy is scheduled for tomorrow to confirm the identity. Now, it goes without saying that no family should ever have to endure that kind of pain. And the potato family certainly deserves answers and justice. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name, missing white woman syndrome. The term coined by the late and great Gwen Ifill to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases involving missing people of color. Of course, I, like many others and you as well, are, are not surprised that she's, of course, trying to attribute race to this, using this way of saying, well, it's only because she's a white woman that this is really happening okay so let's go a little bit into what's happening here let's use some logic let's use some common sense to really kind of dissect exactly what's taking place because that's really important 
the the way in which these these items take place and why they're taking place are crucial to these stories, and, and they can't go ignored. So Joy Reid may ignore them and try to just tack on whatever thing she wants to do, but we're not going to do that here. So let's go ahead and start off for the reason of uh, trying to figure out why is this Gabby Petito story making national news? Why is it this this big thing at the moment or or before? Why did this happen? We have to look at a couple of factors here. So number one is that her and her boyfriend actually were documenting their entire trip on YouTube, on Twitter, social media at large, Instagram. I mean, they have uh, thousands and thousands of followers um, uh, with, with people that are following this entire story. So you would think that would kind of matter. The, those followers would probably want to know what happened to this person. Most people that they're missing, if they're not on social media at all, they don't have this big following, people aren't interested in it, and therefore it just doesn't really go anywhere. The second factor also is that she's a attractive female. I don't think it really has anything to do with the fact that she's white, black, or anything else. It's just the fact that America and people in the news like seeing attractive people. It's how it works. It works for advertising, and it works in these stories as well. It's just how it goes. But the thing is, is that Joy Reid is ignoring all of that by basically saying that it's, oh, it's just this, just because she's white. That's it. There's no other reason why it could be anything else. But we, ha- we know this because we have to look at history. We have to look at what has already taken place in the mainstream media to be able to make a determination on exactly what's taking place here. The thing is, is that let's take her logic for a second. Joy Reid's logic about this and saying that it's only because of her race. And let's apply this to men. When's the last time you saw in the news that there was a man that was missing and then murdered? I, I mean, when is when is that getting covered? Typically not. But if I'm using Joy Reid's logic, I'm going to basically say that that's because of sexism, right? I mean, that, there's no other logical explanation behind that. But that's not exactly what it is. There are reasons why these things happen. But they're, the, they're always going to try to attribute something that goes along with their identity politics to justify the reasons for everything. So... One of the big takeaways from all of this is understanding why it is that black people are not being covered as much. Because that's the claim that she's making to validate this. It's to say, well, black people aren't getting covered in the news when they're missing and killed. Okay, so let's take a second to use some of that common sense and logic and apply it to this as well. The thing we have to th- the, that we have to take into consideration is that when you're looking at black people in general, in, in the population in the United States, they're disproportionately high when it comes down to the amount of them that are going missing and the amount that are killed. So there, there's a, at least per capita, there's a lot more black people that are going missing and, and are also being killed as well. So why are these deaths, these missing cases, missing persons cases not being covered by the media? Well, let's start off and let's understand exactly why or, or the circumstances really surrounding specifically the killings in this, in this particular situation. So does anybody remember David Dorn? So David Dorn was this officer. Last year, he was killed during the BLM protest by a BLM protester, okay? And killed in cold blood. He was literally protecting his friend's business, which was also black as well. And he was killed on the side of the road by in all of the craziness that was going on right there. Not by a police officer, but by a protester for BLM. Nobody in the mainstream media covered that man. He got no media attention whatsoever. They ignored him. And if you ask most people today, they'll have no idea who he is. Why was his death not covered? It's easy. His death wasn't covered because it was perpetrated by another black person. That's why the media, especially during that time with BLM, was not going to report on any black person that got killed at the hands of another black person. 
But this isn't any surprise. The media has always ignored black-on-black crime. Let's look at Chicago. I mean, on any given weekend, 100 people are shot, 50 dead, and nobody says almost anything because of the fact that it's black-on-black crime. They don't want to report on this stuff. So to hear Joy Reid trying to make this into a racialized situation while simultaneously ignoring the facts on the ground that we know when we're looking at situations like David Dorn and other people that are in Chicago. We know that she's being disingenuous. She's lying about this. She's trying to paint a narrative, but it's not a very good painting, needless to say. So the thing is, is that Joy Reid also has a massive show, okay? She was talking about this recently when she was talking to Nicki Minaj or, or her message to Nicki Minaj, like, girl, you've got this huge platform with 25 million followers and I've got 2 million. So she's basically admitting, I still have a very big following. Now, she could take the opportunity to put these stories in the mainstream media, but she doesn't do it. Not even her. It's kind of crazy that we're in the situation where you have a person that literally is the mainstream media complaining about how the mainstream media covers things. She has her own show on MSNBC. So if there was any opportunity for her to do anything, this would be it. You know, cover those things that you want covered then. But she's not doing it. So she will complain, but she won't do her part. She won't be the change that she wants to see. That's a problem because this is a massive amount of hypocrisy. So let's go ahead and go on here. So like I said, I mentioned the David Dorn thing. And and then you have to look at the other situations with black people that are killed. The fact is that the only time a black person is ever covered in the media that or ever becomes a household name as a result of dying it's only when it's at the hands or that death is at the hands of a police officer, but not just any police officer. It has to be another or a white police officer. It can't be a black police officer because then nobody really cares. So it needs to be a white cop killing a black man. That's the only time that'll happen. Let's look at the George Floyd. Let's look at Breonna Taylor. Let's look at all of those. In other words, the point is, is that it seems very much likely to me that there are certain situations where black people are covered in media like crazy and many situations in which they're not. I mean, let's take, for example, the white people that were killed unjustifiably by cops, for example. Tony Timba. Nobody knows who that is. He was a guy that, I mean, his situation was actually worse than George Floyd, if you ask me, or, or actually was the correct version. Uh, what Really what they were trying to pin the whole George Floyd thing as being, that's what actually happened in Tony Timba's situation. But you have to look at it that way. You have to look at what's going on here. The mainstream media didn't cover that guy. They're not talking about that guy. Most of America have no idea who Tony Tempa is. Because the, the mainstream media refuses to cover it. The Joy Reads will refuse to cover that. So it seems to me like white people are not getting covered for being killed in certain situations, whether it's justified or not, by police officers. And black people, on the other hand, are only getting covered for those things. To me, it seems like it's just a trade-off of what the mainstream media wants. They don't care about white people that are killed by police officers, and they don't care about black people that are killed by other black people. Both situations, they have the things that they like about them, that they want to cover. They care about it when it's an attractive female, when uh, when it's somebody, a situation where maybe they had an online following somewhere. But they will care about a black person if they die at the hands of a, only a white cop. So it just sounds to me like, it just depends on the angle that you're looking at it. But we have to look at the facts here because this is exactly what the media did all last year, continue to do to this day. And you have people like Joy Reid pretending like these things don't exist, but they do exist. 
The thing is that she, on the one hand, wants black people to basically shut up and say nothing when there's black-on-black crime, but also feel like they have some type of right to complain about what's taking place with the Gabby Petito situation. I mean, you can't complain about that while ignoring all the black-on-black crime. You, you can't become a bigger hypocrite as a result of that. And if anything, the biggest victims out of all of this are really white men. Because it doesn't matter if they're attractive, if they are, uh, you know, if it's a police officer that kills them, if it's a black police officer that kills them, if it's a protester that kills them. If a white man dies, it never gets covered in the mainstream media, no matter what the situation was behind their death. Shouldn't that be kind of concerning to the amount of people that are out there? But it isn't. They don't say anything about it because they know exactly what's going on. The media is complicit. So when people like Joy Reid are out there talking about this, pretending like they really care, they don't care at all. They don't get covered no matter who kills them, and, and, they, and for some reason we're just ignoring them. The victimized group, the real victimized group is, is white men in this country. But once again, the Democrats can't go along with that. And if anything, they're okay with it. But that's where we're at right now. Joy Reid's so busy looking at race that she's lost the ability to think rationally. That's the biggest takeaway here. We all know that immigration has been one of the biggest issues facing the United States right now. Specifically when we're talking about illegal immigration, obviously. And obviously the southern border has been completely open this entire time for the past well, since the entire time that Biden has been uh, in charge in the White House. But now we're actually seeing a slightly weird and different type of immigration that's actually taking place as well. And this is specifically from a, uh, a massive amount of Haitian migrants that are coming into the country as of right now. They're all coming uh, in through the uh, Del Rio border, which is really weird because they would have to fly all the way from Haiti to uh, somewhere close to that to get there. So it's very strange. And I mean, there's a lot of them. Okay. Uh, just as of this past weekend, uh, it was reported that there were 15,000 that were squatting under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas. And the, the craziest part about this is, uh, you have to look at the videos of this stuff because there are literally, I mean, it looks like a third world country. I'm not kidding you. It looks like some type of massive slum almost in Brazil somewhere. It really looks so bad there. I mean, there's just tons of people sitting around, stumbling around uh, under tents, sometimes under nothing. Not entirely sure what's going on. Really weird situation that we have going on right now. And then apparently a lot of them were just just disappeared out of nowhere. So then that number actually dropped to 10,000 that were left. 5,000 somehow just disappeared. Where did they go? Well, apparently they're actually being spread and moved across the entire United States in different little areas. So basically a community, you know, close to where you're at and based off of your tax dollars paying for that as well, unfortunately. So many, uh, there have been reports of them flying to Orlando, New York, Maryland uh, right now. This should be concerning to everybody because what's taking place in the real I guess the real problem that we see when we look at the situation is that none of these people are being tested for COVID. None of these people are being vaccinated before they're traveling. Nothing is happening right now. It's just people being flown all over the United States from Haiti. And and, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what is happening? Why, why are we doing this? Why are they pretending as if we should care about this pandemic when their policies and what they're doing are 
exactly the opposite of that. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, the, the mainstream media isn't covering any of this. It's almost impossible to find any information on this story because the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it. They don't want to cover what's actually happening because, Lord forbid, that people are actually able to see the problem with this administration and the fact that they are just being the biggest hypocrites on earth. I mean, you can't do both. It was bad enough with the southern border. And now you have these these Haitians that are also coming in trying to do all of this stuff as well. And so what what are we doing? The problem is, is that right now, I want to see somebody, something needs to be done. I need to see somebody that in Congress or something that just is able to finally step up, which I doubt will actually happen, but will actually finally step up and say, you know what? We're not doing any of this. We're not following any of these mandates, guys. You can't be massively bringing in 15,000 Haitians and then spreading them across the United States with no vaccination, no mask, no nothing, and expecting everybody in the country to still be suffering under you telling them how to live and telling them and their children to wear masks and and forcing people to get vaccinated. You, You just can't keep running a country like this. And somebody has to say something. Somebody has to do something about this. The best way and the only way that we can really do anything about this is to just mass non-compliance. That's what it's all about. To deny what they're telling us to do because we're seeing it firsthand that they don't really care anything about this pandemic. It's clear as day. I don't, I don't see how anybody can see this any other way. But speaking of the pandemic and vaccines and whatnot, BLM, surprisingly, is somehow siding with the anti-vax crowd. So this is a kind of an interesting situation that started to unfold, uh, surprisingly enough. And all of this actually started because there was an altercation that took place outside of a restaurant and uh, in, in New York. And there was, I guess, this hostess that was asking this other black woman for a, uh, a vaccine or the vaccine passport, which is once again, what we predicted was going to happen a long time ago, but she was asking this black woman for her vaccine passport. And I believe the hostess was Asian or something like that. And the, the, the woman that was there, the hostess basically looked at it and said, this is a fake. She claimed it was fake and like refused to let this black woman into the restaurant. Now, I don't know what the exact reasons were. It could have been a fake. Nobody's even talked about that at all, but whatever it is, BLM has decided that they're going to protest right outside of this this place, call this lady a racist, whether she was or not. But what's even more surprising is that they're coming out and calling the vaccine mandates and the vaccine passports racist. Here's a video of the one of the chapter leaders of BLM in New York talking about this. About these man, vaccine mandates. Listen, the vaccine is a choice. Okay? This is a choice. You shouldn't exclude people from everyday activities because they choose not to engage in something they have every reason to doubt. The government's story on the vaccines have changed every one to two months since Donald Trump. The, the vaccines have had effects that, that, that people come out and say, oh, well, you know, that never happens. But they do happen. People die. Joe Biden said that folks wouldn't be hospitalized. People are being hospitalized and dying. We, as black people, have every reason not to trust the vaccines. But yet again, I'm not telling you not to get it. I'm just saying you should have a choice. Now, I am no fan of BLM. I'm still not. But it is very interesting. 
that you have them coming out saying this stuff. It's like people are beginning to wake up slowly but surely that these vaccine mandates, these vaccine passports help no one when it comes down to what they're trying to do. When you force this stuff, you have to account for the fact that you are hurting people's lives. You are taking away their freedoms by doing so. And, and you know what? It was the Democrats. If you remember that we're talking about voter ID just a few months ago, and they were saying every single time this issue came up that voter ID was racist by, by, you know, requiring somebody to literally have a form of identification to cast a vote was racist because apparently black people were too stupid to figure out how to have an ID at all in the 21st century. That's what they were telling everyone. Okay. And yet for some reason, they're perfectly fine with these vaccine passports. How does that work? And, and a lot of people in, in my mind, I was thinking, well, how are vaccine passports also not racist, you know, in their eyes? Oh, because the vaccine must be protected no matter what. You can't badmouth it. You can't say anything uh, even even to uh, to question it, as we've discussed with Nicki Minaj's case, is to basically get canceled, to get banned, to get silenced. That's where they're going with this. And now you actually have BLM, the actual BLM, literally saying, hey, guys, these vaccine passports are racist and Democrats have nothing to say about it. They have nothing to say because they know that they messed this up. Okay, here's a stat here that's kind of interesting. So according to data, only 28 percent of black New Yorkers ages 18 to 44 are actually fully vaccinated compared to 48% of Latino residents and 52% of white residents in that same group, that same age group. So what you're seeing is that if anything, the most vaccine hesitant group out there in the United States right now, which is consistent is black people. They're the ones that are the most vaccine hesitant of them all. And we're supposed to just what ignore this. The Democrats are pretending as if for some reason, Oh my goodness, this is the worst thing ever. This is, this is the biggest problem. This, this is something that has to do with, with, uh, racism in some other way. No, this has to do with the fact that Democrats mess this issue up. They're so busy pushing the vaccine that not even BLM is going on with them. And if this spreads with other BLM chapters and other people in BLM at large, the Democrats are going to have a real problem on their hands because come 2022, the only people that are going to actually be the ones that are pro-freedom, pro you being able to choose what you want to do, pro keeping your business from, or your, your employer from forcing you to take a vaccine are going to be the Republicans, not the Democrats. This is going to mess them up real bad. It's, a, it's another issue where Democrats ended up on the wrong side. They thought they were on the right side. They're ending up on the wrong side again because the people that they hold dear, that they assumed would be voting for them over and over and over and over again, that's what's taking place. Keep in mind, it's not the vaccine mandates specifically that are in and of itself inherently racist. It's the people that are doing it, that are forcing these people to do that. Uh, there was another video of a uh, one of the BLM people that was basically saying, you know, you're going to have police officers basically forcing us to take these vaccines, arresting us. How far is this going to go? Who's going to enforce it? The, the enforcement arm for the vaccine mandates would have to be police officers, which in turn BLM already hates. You see where the problem lies at. And, and that's that, it's just very, very interesting because I never thought that we would get to a point where BLM and conservatives would be agreeing on anything. But here we are. It's a crazy time. And people are beginning to wake up, and I am welcoming it fully. I've been saying this for a very long time, but the people that are into these vaccines like crazy 
literally worship them. It's like a new religion to a certain degree. And here's video proof of it. Check this out. Now they're all clean hands. Washing them. Let me hear it if you've had the Pfizer vaccine. For fuck's sake. Let me hear it for Moderna. AstraZeneca. So if you're listening to this just on the audio, what you're seeing is a crowd, I mean, of thousands of people, okay? And they're being told to raise their hands, to show their clean hands, and they've got their hands in the air like this, right? And they're told to do this. And, and then they say, okay, well, those that are for the Pfizer vaccine, you know, yay. Those are for the Moderna, yay. And those that are vaccinated. And then, of course, everybody starts booing them like crazy for saying that. Now, the band that's doing this, this is at a uh, Kaiser Chiefs concert. And it's kind of funny because the, uh, the, the a lot of people are joking, basically saying it's essentially the Pfizer Chiefs is what they should rename themselves as being because that's all they're doing is hawking this vaccine like crazy. It's, it's you must take this thing and we're going to boo the people that didn't take it. But by the looks of the people's faces in that video, you would swear up and down if I just showed you just the screenshot of the audience that was shown there. That they were in a church service or going to see Bethel music or going to see Hillsong. Something along those lines was exactly what you would think you were watching. But that's not what you were watching. You're seeing them not even listen to music at that point. They're just raising their hands in praise of the vaccine. That's what's happening right now. And people are going to tell us that this isn't a cult. They're going to tell us that this isn't some weird alternative religion. Yeah. I'm not going to fall for that. It's clear as day that that's exactly what's taking place right now. This looks like some kind of church service, some kind of Christian concert. Very weird right now. The thing is that this is a cult. It's a false religion. And if you're looking at what's how where the context of all this kind of go, plays into everything, this is this vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine is kind of like the golden calf in this situation. They're idolizing it. They're praising it. They're worshiping this thing. The science, right? I mean, they're, they're saying they're worshiping the science, but we know it's not really science at all. But that's the way that they're basically behaving here. You wouldn't even know this was a band concert at all. But the thing is that we shouldn't be in a situation where people are doing this. It, it's gone too far, folks. Th this shouldn't be happening. There shouldn't be these concerts where you have these people literally praising the vaccine. And by the way, those people in the crowd that are raising their hands and doing all of this stuff are the same people that were calling the everybody who voted for Trump a cult member. But they're more than happy to literally praise and raise their hands to do that. I mean, when's the last time you saw that at a Trump rally? Could you imagine if it was a Trump rally and he's like, praise me, oh, followers? You know, that's not what took place. That's not what happened. But this is exactly what they're doing. And they're calling it science. And I'm sure, I am 100% positive that there's going to be a bunch of different breakthrough cases that take place from that crowd right there. The same ones that are claiming that their hands are so clean and that they're all fully vaxxed up and everything. Watch them get a bunch of, of uh, COVID cases based off of that. Just watch. Because it's not like it's going to be effective enough to do much of anything anyways when you're in a crowd of thousands and thousands of people with no possible way on earth to social distance whatsoever. But speaking of the vaccine, Project Veritas once again does a great job 
by exposing an FDA official, and, and honestly, he's just saying a ton of crazy stuff about blow darts and the vaccine. Check this out. Get blow darts of J&J &J and go to the unvaccinated, blow it into them, blow dart it into them. I remember reading about how with COVID trials, they were having an issue recruiting African-American people. Can't blame them. I can't, but at the same time, like, blow dart. It's where we're going. There needs to be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. Although that's sounding very Germany. The Germany that you're thinking of is it? Nazi Germany. I mean, think about it like the Jewish star. He looks like the FDA or something. Yeah. So Again. In, so in order. Low dark. <laughs> it is the perfect answer. <laughs> and since J&J is an mRNA, you have no issue of it counteracting with anything else. So again, you just shoot everyone. So with drones. Drone darts. Easy. How do we reach the minority populations? Blow darts is always the answer. Yes. I will cheers to that. Yes, cheers. And the people who are like, oh, the vaccine's terrible, it's the Antichrist, are like, yes, our savior. <laughs> so if they start handing out vaccines, I'm gonna go door to door and stab everyone. Oh, it's just your booster shot. Stick your arm out. Exactly. What's that? Oh, it's just a vitamin C shot. Again, if you're an undercover journalist, you can't quote me. Again, if you're an undercover journalist, you can't quote me. Once again, Project Veritas doing a great job at investigative journalism. I absolutely love to see them do this stuff. But, you know, I love it when leftists show their true racist nature. I mean, when you're listening to this guy talk, does it not sound like they're just somebody that's like, you know, they just resent black people and it's just i'm just gonna force them to do this not by the fact that they need to i'm just gonna do it because that's where we're going that is very scary if there are more people out there like that i'm really worried and i'm sure there are there have to be because think about it somebody hired this guy so whoever hired him has to be worse than he is just i mean that's the only way that we can really look at this but you know this guy has the mentality of, of trying to force people to do everything that they want them to do. But this guy is actually proving the point that I've been trying to make on this show for the longest period of time. You can't trust the government, folks. That, that's what this boils down to. That's the problem I have when I see guys like this talking about this stuff, is that it's people like that that are the reason why we shouldn't be trusting the government, because the government can be made up of people exactly like that. And I don't think anybody will be able to do that. Now, of course, I'm pretty sure it's pretty much impossible to literally drone or fly a drone and then shoot a dart accurate enough to hit somebody in the correct place and have it automatically inject them with a vaccine. The whole thing is obviously preposterous. But the point is just showing what is going through these people's minds, how they think about this vaccine, how they're viewing what you should do, making the decision for you. It's not about specifically the method that they're talking about. It's just the idea that that's what they believe, that they there should be something out there that forces you to do it, no matter what you, it is, against your will, mind you. Imagine being psychotic enough, or just imagine how psychotic you would need to be to believe that everybody would need to take some kind of medicine against their will. That's where we're at right now. This is pushing the hesitancy of anything. And remember, like I talked about earlier on the show, black people, by and large, are the most vaccine hesitant. That's what we're seeing here. And this guy couldn't be more racist towards that entire group of people. You're seeing it full flesh right here. But of course, 
they, they sound kind of gay too. So maybe, oh, they're kind of woke and they'll, they'll be the ones to tell you that they're all tolerant and whatever. But you're seeing that this guy really is the racist here. He's not the one coming out of this looking all uh, perfectly fine and spotless. That's not what's happening here at all. All right. And last but not least, this episode's TikTok liberal is a teacher that came out to her students. So I just came out to my students. I've been wanting to do this for the past two years. Sorry, I'm like so emotional. Um, and I just haven't had the courage to do it out of fear of just judgment, mostly from their parents. But I had these kids in fourth grade and now I have them in sixth and I'm sending them to middle school and I love these kids so much and I trust them and they make me feel safe and I know they love me and it just felt right and I, I did it and it was so beautiful. <laughs> they had so many questions which I loved. They wanted to learn and they wanted to learn about me and they were so eager and a few of them clapped which was <laughs> so precious. Why in the world is it that teachers are coming out to their students? Somebody please explain this to me. I would love to understand what's really going on. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Because this shouldn't concern anybody. This entire video comes off as extremely selfish to me. I don't care what nice little piano music you decide to play behind everything. It comes off as extremely selfish and arrogant. The fact is, is that students are not in school for the teachers. The teachers are there for them, okay? In the sense that it is the teacher's job to teach the students. That any good teacher, a decent teacher even, is concerned more about the students than the students should be the teacher. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the idea is understanding the fact that the teacher is the authority figure. They're the ones that are supposed to be more mature and responsible. But yet you have this situation where they are literally divulging all of this information onto the students that they didn't even ask for, that they shouldn't even be concerned about. I mean, raise your hand if in sixth grade you were wondering or cared about who the teacher was sexually attracted to. Nobody. Nobody cared. Maybe because we were too busy actually, I don't know, focusing on learning things. Whereas these kids today... It's all about how the teacher can decorate the rooms with pride flags and talk about who to vote for and everything like that. It, it just gets more ridiculous by the day. I don't even understand how this came up. I mean, what do you do in the middle of the morning or the, the middle of the morning in the middle of a lesson? You're just like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Oh, you know, anyways, with plan number, lesson plan number two, how does that work? Do you, do you give them an assignment? You stick a, a, a question or a hint on there or something where you just say it on their paper? Did you throw up a bunch of pride flags all over the classroom so somebody would be forced to ask about it? I'm really curious how this came up. I really am. Because it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. This isn't how school should be. And, and, and any good teacher, by the way, the, the greatest teachers, the, honestly, the best teachers that are out there are the ones that can teach and you don't even know their politics, you don't know who they voted for, you don't know what their sexual orientation is, and you don't care because they're so good at just teaching you what you need to know that that's what you're focused on. You're not focused on anything else. And I can remember uh, back in, you know, sixth grade, I, I don't recall teachers divulging their information for the masses. I mean, teachers' lives were very private. We didn't know 
sometimes, I mean, outside of like maybe the basics, I mean, we'd had no idea about their lives. And most of the time, teachers weren't willing to put it out there. They weren't even willing to tell you if you ask them, you know? They're not telling you about their whole entire family life and, and every situation is going on with them. And, you know, if they got engaged or anything else like that, nobody cared. Nobody asked. And the teacher's job was not to do that because they understood what their job was. And now you have these teachers, these woke teachers that are going far and beyond what they need to be doing. Nobody cares about your sex life. At the end of the day, you're teaching a school. And it's even worse when you look at the age of the students in sixth grade. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Like, if I found out any of this stuff, I'm telling you, well, first of all, my kids wouldn't even be in this school. But if it was, I would be just hysterical. I mean, it would just be insane. I'm not going to allow that to happen. This is self-absorbed behavior on display. That's what's going on. It's somebody that is so absorbed with the self that they ignore everything else. It couldn't be more of a Democrat viewpoint, though. This is how Democrats operate. Everything is about the self. The self, the self, the self. Nothing else. Whereas conservative Christians, we're always looking outside of ourselves. We're looking to God to make us whole. We're denying ourselves to come to Christ. Whereas you have these people that are literally trying to prop themselves up to the point that they have to make it known who they are to everyone. They can't just know it themselves. They have to announce it in classrooms. They have to tell your kids about it. They have to put it on TikTok. They have to announce it here. They have to put it on Facebook. It's always this thing that they have to do to try and prop themselves up to make themselves out to be more important than they really are. And it's sick and it's disgusting. And it's ridiculous that this stuff is allowed at schools at all. Once again, great reason why we need cameras in classrooms, but I'm just saying. But I've said that before. Uh, with that being said, that's all I have for you on this episode. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Remember to leave a review if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, as it does help the show out as well. But with that being said, I will see you on the next one.